I was separated from that voice. It was just a, a, a distant whisper, really, but it was there. And I didn't listen to it, which is, you know, one of the things I teach more and more is about, you know, the power of listening to our heart. Because when we don't, we get into loads of trouble and sometimes it's very hard to hear it. So I left regardless and went on my journey. And I had one more chance to stop along the way because my leg was really hurting. It was like something in me was saying, like, go home. But I didn't. And then I drove another half a mile, saw a sign, thought, great. And then bang, there was this tremendous thud. And I just thought, what the hell was that? I felt my spine break inside of me. I felt I felt something shatter inside of oh, me. Oh, gosh. And I um, literally had gone off the road for no apparent reason. There was no other car involved. Um, dropped 60 feet, um, which was the only place in that place I could have gone through it and even possibly stayed alive because there was a 120-foot drop. And I went through the hole in the hedge, shall we speak, and then um, travelled uh, quite a, a lot of metres down an unploughed field to end up enclosed in a bramble hedge unable to be seen from anywhere or heard um, in a smoking car. Um, and just as I hit the ground, my glove box blew open and a CD popped out, which my friend had titled, You're Not Dead from Pink's album, I'm Not Dead Yet. And the first <laughs> thing I see when I open my eyes is like, you're not dead. And I'm like, really? Wow, how the hell do I get out of here? Hello, welcome back to another episode of Be On Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks, and today I've brought to you a true treasure. Jenny Lynn Sessions, also known as Gen X, is an incredible soul who I came across on the magical, mystical interwebs quite by accident. Uh, and I have enjoyed my conversations with her so much. I didn't realize the depth of this soul when I first connected with them. And then every conversation we went deeper and she shared more about her incredible life story, her incredible work that she does. And it really just blew my mind. And so today we're going to be talking with Jenny Lynn Sessions about her journey. She's a shaman, healer, teacher, and a channel for higher guidance and healing. Um, she's been involved in the healing arts for over 25 years, and she walks extensively with shamans, wisdom keepers, and spiritual leaders. I, I'm just so excited for you all to get to meet this wonderful person. We're going to be getting into her journey, her story, her medicine, and how you can also become your own medicine. So without further ado, Jenny, it is so great to see you. Welcome to the show. It's so great to be here, Kaylee, and um, likewise, thank you for the intro, and I have um, so appreciated all the conversations that we've had as well, um, and the depth of your spirit, and um, it just feels really great to be here, and hello everybody out there, wherever you are, present, past, well not past, well, maybe, but future. Yes, this this human here, dear audience, is someone who will 
always kind of help you to remember your true essence and who you really are and what's really important. And I think people like that are special gifts, you know, and uh, I'll just share briefly. When we first met, I just received a strange call from a stranger that I'd never met on (laughs) Facebook Messenger. And I kind of I don't usually accept calls from people I don't know. And so I didn't I didn't at that time. And luckily, you're persistent. And I don't know what your what your pull to reach out to me was, but it didn't take long. As soon as we I think because you tried a couple of times, we connected. I, I just answered the call and I was kind of blown away. I didn't I didn't realize I was about to meet someone who's so in alignment, who felt like soul family. And so it's just uh, it's really special to have you here. And I know we've been trying to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. And I know that you uh, you're going to start us off maybe with um like a, a blessing of auspiciousness for our conversation. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'm just going to um, move over there to my good friend, the um, mother drum and um, invite you people who are maybe watching or listening to just take a moment to take a breath, take a really, really deep, generous breath inside. You know, we forget to do that a lot. So just really just let, let that air fill your lungs. And just let it out again, feel your feet on the floor, your heartbeat in the center of your beautiful being. And just come come present in this moment, letting uh, the rest of your day just disappear like bubbles in the wind. And just bring your center, self-centered self to your center, even, quietly and gently. And I'm just going to go and um, call in a little spirit song blessing. Um, you might like to open yourself to ask for healing for whatever is uppermost in your mind and um, allow the frequencies that come through to dance with you in whatever way you feel comfortable. So listen to your own heart, do what's right for you, or just enjoy for a moment the connection. Um, we're all connected. The interconnectedness of life is superbly profound. And the ripple effect is also undeniable. So may the frequencies here ripple all the way to you in a beautiful way. Please um, feel free to just kind of honor the amazing person that you are. Look at the journey you have taken to be where you are right now. And here we are together. Nothing happens by accident. That means to all my relations. Shema Makoye, Kwa Matekria, 
so beautiful thank you so much for sharing that would you would you tell us a little bit about a like what language that's in and and how you came upon that song well that song has never been sung before it was just sung in that moment and um some years ago now when i was with the elders um they said to me when you sing the energies that are dislocated and disharmonious start to uh, uh, cohere and they start to align, which also means that somebody who might be a little bit fragmented can start to really connect in so that their perceptions become clearer. And on a very simple level, I'm like, really? Anyway, that kind of progressed and progressed, and it's been a very extraordinary journey, considering that I didn't have a voice for so many years, and all I ever wanted to do was be a singer and a rock star. So they made me wait until I hadn't got any ego anymore before they let my voice through, and um, I'm a channel for spirit song, as I would call it, and um, and supported by um, those indigenous ones that heard it and pointed it out to me because I have been told once once by somebody that I might be um, being culturally misappropriate misappropriating, and I said, well, actually, it was them that spotted it and gave me the connection to allow that through. So I, I really thank thank my teachers, elders. Um, for, for blessing me with that option, even though it was quite a scary one at the time, because when you don't know what's coming out of your mouth and you need to be connected, not with your ego, but to the hearts of the other, it um, it takes a little bit of um, getting used to. And um, and I'm really grateful that I can do that now. You know, this, this idea of, it's like walking a tightrope, right? Like the ego and our connection to source. And it's like our, our ego can block and our our mind can block that that channel of flow. And you once shared this great story with me. Uh, you're also a public speaker. You're a counselor. You work with clients one-on-one. On, one, one on one. You work with groups. And you're sharing this great story uh, about channeling and about what happens when there's maybe static on the channel or, or you can't find the right channel. Maybe you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, it was actually at the launch of what was going to be a, a new spiritual um, TV channel. And I'd been asked to come with, with the drum and um, to read poetry and to bring the spirit songs in, do some healings potentially. And, um, and to speak, I was being interviewed on the stage 
and there was like a couple of big cameras on me and the interviewer who great fortunately had a sense of humor and, and a sense of humor is such 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 the best medicine um as i'm sure you all know um and i was telling a story which was an anishabi legend about how the women brought peace to the men through the drum and i'd been speaking to um an amazing um elder the night before to share the story with me and um, I have a memory and an organization difficulty from a car accident and various things so I'd asked her to break it down into five-year-old pictures and big writing and let's journey through it visually uh, and then it then it lodges in my heart really well which we did so I was sitting on stage um, uh, being interviewed and I started off the story in, in real um, enthusiasm and gusto um, and I was closing my eyes because other energies were coming through. And suddenly it was like I went completely, absolutely blank. And there was about 200 people in the room, all with their eyes on me. And I'm like, oh, my God, not now. Seriously. And so fortunately, my sense of humor was um, with me at that moment rather than going into panic. And it was like I just literally flipped my bright poncho, my Native American poncho over my head and announced that I was disappearing for a for a, um, a spirit break uh, to figure out where where the rest of the story had gone. So I asked everybody to just close their eyes and to breathe and to go back to the moment they walked through the door and to remember how they came in, where they journeyed to since, and then to to embrace the silence in the moment of me basically interrupting the story. Um, and I was able to stay out of oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Although I did have a little panic under the blanket. And um, I listened and I just sat still and I thought there's this profound silence. Here I am with a great big audience with a blanket over my head and everybody doing their meditation. This is kind of funny and profound. And um, it was literally about 10 minutes, which felt like three weeks. Um, suddenly the imagery came back to me in the middle of my connection. And it was like I shot off my chair. I was so thrilled with the sort of innocence of a, of a child being um, gifted something incredible and it was literally a eureka moment, which made everybody jump out of their, um, their, their their quietness. And I finished the story. But what transpired was because I was integral with the mistake, which wasn't a mistake because everything's perfect. It's only a mistake when we let our brain get hold of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'd followed what was necessary. And other people had kind of actually ended up enjoying having a space to go and mull over what what was going on for them. And so we all kind of came back and connected in a beautiful way. And it took me two hours to get to the lunch queue because of people stopping and saying, thank you so much for having that break. Thank you so much for, for not being perfect, whatever that is. And it was it was just a beautiful moment to see that whatever this says is perfect is usually not true because perfect is being present. And we can all do that more and more and more. And being present with what is, we can all flow together and then something even more magical can happen. So well said. And it's, it's so, it's so true. Like when, when I have been so attached to the way that I'm going to do something or the way I'm going to express something, I can lose touch with the way things naturally are trying to flow, you know, and I think the Tao teaches us this and yoga teaches us this is like, we can, we can tune in to an inner compass. And I love the authenticity and the vulnerability there. Um, and just the humanness of like humans, connecting to source and to spirit and what happens and it actually gives me more faith and inspiration because i live so much of my life feeling disconnected 
but the moments of connection are so powerful and profound. They kind of keep me going till the next one. So you also mentioned uh, this accident that happened. And I know this was a, a really uh, big accident and a very, um, it was a catalyst maybe for uh, much of the medicine that you're bringing. So I was hoping that you could walk us through uh, what, what happened and, and where it took you as a result. Well, um, where to start? Uh, well, it, basically, I had a sense that something life-changing was going to occur to me nearly a month before it happened. And I was on a journey where all sorts of symbols were cropping up, all sorts of um, things, how can I say, nature spoke to me in so many different ways, and I knew something was coming. And I didn't know exactly what Um or how it would transpire, but I ended this journey where I was reading the signs and feeling definitely something was going to happen, went home for a couple of weeks, and then went back to complete a journey that is the journey I should never have taken, really, on some level. Um, And I was kind of wanting more of what I'd had before, so that little bit in me that was grasping for a bit more took me to an edge. And um, I was driving on this day, I left my house and I didn't feel very well. I'd had some Indigenous elders staying and we'd had an amazing group the night before. They'd left and I wasn't feeling very good and something was wrong. I didn't know what it was, but I heard myself say as I left my front door, um, I don't feel very well, Um, I think I should go back to bed really and I'm worried about having an accident. But it was almost like I was separated from that voice. It was just a, a, a distant whisper really, but it was there and I didn't listen to it which is, you know, one of the things I teach more and more is about, you know, the power of listening to our heart. Because when we don't, we get into loads of trouble and sometimes it's very hard to hear it. So I left regardless and went on my journey. And I had one more chance to stop along the way because my leg was really hurting. It was like something in me was saying, like, go home. But I didn't. And um, I carried on, carried on. And about 10 miles before I got to Glastonbury, I stopped, had a cup of tea, had a walk around got back in the car, couldn't find Glastonbury, the sat-nav went berserk, and I was getting really frustrated because I was tired. And then I drove another half a mile, saw a sign, thought, great, and then bang, there was this tremendous thud, and I just thought, what the hell was that? I felt my spine break inside of me. I felt I felt something shatter inside of oh, me. Oh, gosh. And I um, literally had gone off the road for no apparent reason. There was no other car involved. Um, dropped 60 feet, um, which was the only place in that place I could have gone through it and even possibly stayed alive because there was a 120-foot drop two feet away. Oh, my God. And I went through the hole in the hedge, so we speak, and then um, travelled quite a a lot of metres down an unploughed field to end up enclosed in a bramble hedge, unable to be seen from anywhere or heard um, in a smoking car, And just as I hit the ground, my glove box blew open and a CD popped out, which my friend had titled You're Not Dead from Pink's album, I'm Not Dead Yet. And the first (laughs) thing I see when I open my eyes is like, you're not dead. And I'm like, really? Wow, how the hell do I get out of here? But it was was like, it was a magic moment between worlds because I was kind of between worlds. It's like I'd been shunted in such a big way. I lost two inches in height because of the that effect on me in the car mm. and it was a miracle that I got found and um I'm not sure what was the question you asked me because I've just diverted. well yeah no I mean this is this is a terrible accident and at the same time it's it's like I, I get that feeling being in between worlds waking up I mean the first question that came to mind is like 
Um, when, when you felt that, like, I imagine you're in a tremendous amount of pain when you felt your spine and then, and then when you woke up, were you in pain and who, how, how were you found? So basically I, I, um, went, felt the big initial, um, what's the word, impact. And then I felt myself bouncing and trees going past and thinking, I have no idea what's happening. It was a small place where I don't remember anything. And then the mm. car came to rest, door flew open and I'm there. I am sitting there thinking, Oh my God, I've got to get out of this car because it could blow. And I'm thinking, no one can hear me. No one can see me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to walk up the hill and I'm going to get help. And then I tried to move, but my spinal fractures moved. So I was holding, I had to hold on to my, my body weight with, with my fingers in the groove above the car um, for quite some hours because when I stood up to walk out of the car to throw myself somewhere, I realized I couldn't. And it was like, thank God I didn't try because that would probably have paralyzed me. So I tried to sit back in the car realizing that I couldn't throw myself any significant distance if it did blow up. Because of the pain you could feel. Well, because because basically I'd need to go quite far away from the car in order to be outside if it exploded. So I mm -hmm. thought if I throw myself down on the ground, I'm probably going to be paralyzed. I, I was in terrible agony as well. Mm. So I sat back down and just had to wait. And I didn't know if anyone was going to find me or if darkness was going to fall and I could be there until I died. And um, and then suddenly um, I heard voices and turned to my left and um, a well-known healer's nephew turned up in the window with his friend. And apparently he'd been flagged down on the road by um, um, a guy with a daughter who said, I can't go down and look and see what possible carnage might be down there but I've just seen this car fly through the hedge and um apparently I drove around 13 trees um on my way down oh my gosh um, this um uh the people that that rescued me with these two young guys and they were wearing hiking boots they bombed down there and they called for emergency services I think it was four towns worth of emergency services, helicopters, and they had to build um, a 350-foot hydraulic ramp uh, track to try and get me, get me, and then the helicopter couldn't land, so I was backboarded up in a very, very dodgy way um, by everybody. It was an incredible rescue, really, and they learnt, apparently, that um, they'd only learnt how to do that kind of rescue with those hydraulic ramps three days before. So what would you say before the accident and after the accident, what, what was the biggest um, transformation in your life as a result of that? What, what changed in your life? Obviously you had to go through a tremendous amount of recovery, but what, especially internally and with your view on the world and your connection to spirit and your outlook on life, did anything change? What came about uh, from this, this terrible accident? Well, it, it's funny. It's quite some years now since that happened. And I would say that the transformation side is actually majorly happening now. And I wanted it to happen then. But in a way, every step since then to now has been that. And it's very easy to sometimes not see a transformation because you think it should look a certain way. Um, I think some of the transformation was the fact that I survived. Um that um, spirit was definitely on my side. It wasn't my time to go, but it was my time to learn how to love myself and bring myself home no matter what. And at one point, 
when I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And I thought, you know what, I, I kind of feel like I had a choice and I was thinking about going out the back door because it was just untenable. And, and this voice just came through me and it said, you know what, you've got so many important gifts to um, deliver and you haven't done that fully yet. And this is about that last piece to do that. And you're going to have to get back in your boots and start walking because it isn't just about you. It's about being a service. Wow. So this wasn't, you didn't feel a fear of like, oh, I didn't get to have enough vanilla ice cream in my life. Or, you know, I didn't get to say goodbye to these people. You had this sort of call to action that like, you're not done yet. Yeah, definitely. And it, and it felt um, so profound. And it, and I, the weirdest thing is that quite often I've been afraid of dying um, in a certain way and um, things have been very challenging and what have you but in at that moment in that predicament I don't ever remember thinking I might die at all which was really Mm. interesting because I was you know I was you know it was I was I didn't have an experience that I would have liked to have had in the sense of how you sometimes hear people reporting their NDEs um you know off off to the council and and all that and I was really sad life review all that you know your favorite people come and get you Totally. But when I actually spoke to the elders, they said, you absolutely did. And I said, well, I don't remember it. And they said, no, you don't remember it. But the frequency you came back with is completely different. And we see it in your drawings, your spirit songs and other things. So they they bore testimony to the fact that I had been to the other side and back and my frequency had shifted. And I think it's taken quite a long time to actually create the right container for for those things to come through in an authentic way and start to help me embody the soul journey that I chose to make and born as a cesarean uh, originally I really always had the sense that I was ripped out too soon hadn't fully chosen life and had a struggle to embody myself in this world for quite a long time it certainly wasn't fun the accident throws me back into a place where I have to choose life for me not for anybody else I have to say, well, I'm, am I here? Am I coming? Am I, am I going to stay? What am I here for? It's not just about me. And it's like I put my hand up and say, do you know what? I got the call. It's beyond mm-hmm. me. I have no choice. Yes. So when you were, you were talking about the C-section, it was sort of like you hadn't fully chosen yet. And then it seems like after the accident, that was uh, another chance to really commit to your life mission. And you share this one thing, you, you say a couple of things, you say turning trauma into treasure and becoming your own medicine. And what, what does that mean for those listening? What does it mean to be our own medicine? And, and how do we use that to turn our trauma and our traumatic life experiences into a treasure that we can then share with others in a way that's healing? Mm-hmm. Have we got a week? Probably. Yeah, at least. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, my tagline, if you like, is become your own medicine, turn trauma to treasure and help heal the earth because we actually have to go inside and start, you know, getting to know who we are and looking at our dark edges and seeing how they also serve because black and white isn't really black and white at all and energy is energy, but we attach things to things we call dark or bad or wrong when, when they're actually an amazing creative force. So starting to look at the whole picture of, you know what what are what are we who are, who am i is really important and to do personal work to refine that shift our frequencies um become more and more connected and able to be present in the moment so our perceptions are clear 
um, and become your own medicine, turn trauma to treasure is really, it feels like as we become more of who we truly are, as we connect in with the journey that we've chosen to, to be on, um, for me, I'd call it a soul path and a soul mission. Um, as we start to kind of become more and more coherent with that and our connection to whatever you care to call spirit or the higher force, we start to shift our frequency and become more valuable on the earth to help the earth. Because as we can see at the moment, all frequencies are distorted. Everybody's in a bit of a muddle. There's lots of trauma, lots of fear, lots of not being sure what's what. That causes a disconnection. And the disconnection disease is, is huge, you know, and we need to connect. So connection is so important. So become your own medicine, turn trauma to treasure and help heal the earth is really about reconnection, connection to nature, connection to your heart, connection to your soul path, connection to what serves you, what you came here with, what's, what's your deepest joy, what's your amazing gifts that you bring, how do you uncover them? without getting obscured by all of these programs and messages sometimes that are really harsh that we come in with and we pick up from other people that cloud our genius and our beauty. And so becoming your medicine is, is part of a commitment to you walking your talk in your truth of who you are and starting to see what do you need to shed to shine. Um, in a chapter of a book that will be coming out, um, a memoir in a book called Phoenix Rising, the chapter that I've written is called A Pearl from the Wreckage. And it feels to me like we're all amazing pearls from the wreckage of life. And um, a pearl is made by the grit and the shit, the aggravation, you know. So we come here as humans. We sign up for all sorts of things. And it's like all of those things that feel like they're going to break us sometimes are truly an amazing medicine. If we allow ourselves to embrace that and become a partner in that transformation, um, and so in the end, we can shine. So it is about turning shit to gold, um, turning turning trauma to treasure, turning shit to gold. It's the same sort of thing, but we're transforming. And when we get that we can actually transform, we change our thinking, we change our belief system, we can affect our biology, and we can do so many amazing things that we never got told we could. Mm. But opening your heart, listening to your heart, and allowing humor into the mix as well is so important yes yeah humor is is powerful medicine and you know turning shit to gold is, is it kind of it's a perfect metaphor for it for adding humor into it but i mean it's it's so true it's like we are dealt the hand that we are dealt you know you studied buddhism uh and you know there's this idea of karma there's this idea of of our past we, we are receiving the results to past and previous actions that we're not even aware of and so there's so many moments that feel unfair and unjust and it's really hard to know the rhyme or reason behind it whether it's for a greater purpose or it's it's a result of something that we ourselves have done in a previous version um what what was the greatest challenge after this and also, what what do you think the greatest uh, blessing was after this accident? I think, well, a couple of challenges. One of them would be um, absolutely chronic pain, twenty four seven for years and years and years. Um, not being able to take painkillers to ameliorate that in any way, which is a kind of a gift in disguise, um, and and having to find ways to be present with with creativity and and other things. Um, figure out how to manage this pain so 
understanding how I could be, you know, I could really succumb to being a total victim. That doesn't work. I could get really mad and angry and be unpleasant to be around. That doesn't work. But finding out that by accepting all of those bits, because they're all there and, and um, how to actually work with my own mind, heart, mind, and um, bring myself into a presence where I could manage that in a different way was a huge challenge. And, you know, I've, I've, I, st- I'm, I live with a fair amount of discomfort as well. And the other challenge was uh, my memory and organisation executive function was disturbed. So I live by my intuition mainly, which, again, the elders said, don't say fuck you, say thank you, because it puts you <laughs> in your heart more. And one of the things I've really, really learned is when we don't surrender, it gets worse. And surrender doesn't mean give up and be a victim. It means quite the opposite. But if um, if if your mind is trying to tell you to do something a certain way and you're, you're, you don't want to let go of that, then you're going to struggle if actually that way requires you to come from your heart until you learn a little bit about surrender. And I had an amazing dog who was paralyzed for three months just before he died and he taught me about surrender so when I had my accident and I was nearly paralyzed I understood what it was to say Mm. now I'm in your hands um the gifts are well this journey has created now a place for me to be able to look back and understand um in so many details so many ways so many different ways the the pearls in the wreckage literally and understand that nothing is wasted and nothing's by accident. It's only wasted if we waste it, if I waste it. And that there are so many parts of my journey that make total sense looking at it from an eagle eye, looking down on the whole picture of how all these little pieces weave together in the moment. They don't seem like that sometimes. They just don't. But they actually do weave together to make an incredible um, picture of your life. And now I'm using those things with a voice that says, I am so privileged to be able to come and be in front of somebody to do healing with them, someone to do um, coaching with them, somebody to work in a group, to be in nature, to work with fire, whatever it is. Fundamentally, it's about connecting to your own magic and bringing that into the world in a connected way. But I'm so grateful to be able to do that as I am, you know, and I'm far from perfect in so many different ways. But I used to be terrified anybody might find out. And it really, really made it impossible to be present at all. And now it's like, God, they're my gifts. The holes are the gifts. The other bits are the gifts. They're all gifts because none of us are perfect. So playing with that and feeling okay with that is a huge, huge gift. And feeling connected to spirit that I have my back held and um, and the power I have is much greater than I ever thought. And it's not power over, it's power within. Wow, that is that is profound, and and that symbol of 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 spirit having your back, literally, with like your back being sh- like sh- uh, sh- fractured in so many places, shattered in so many places, and it's like that through that healing of that, it's like you you're. It sounds like you've you figuratively and and specifically have are being held. Your you know spirit's got your back. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a bit like the journey of coming back to life. Mm. Um, mm. It's the same thing, and the so- there's a song that you know about that that has come out or will be out shortly um, that goes with the book, and it's called "Thank You for My Life, Great Spirit." And it's it's in a way it's reminding us 
of all of those things about how we how we walk through these fires to come out and and be a phoenix rising out of our ashes and that doesn't just happen once you don't just get out of the ashes and fly off and have a lovely time you you get to know what it's like and then you probably find yourself back in the fire again and then you do it again and it's it's gradually you get more adept at it can i ask you for for you know i think covid and the lockdown really uh, traumatized a lot of people. I think, you know, it affected everyone so differently, but for some people it was like the grim reaper came and the, you know, mixture of like the grim reaper zombie apocalypse and world war three, all it like, you know, it, it, it was a very intense experience. And so many people are coming to terms with mental health and things that they didn't even quite acknowledge about themselves and what would you say for those of us who feel like we're in the fire currently, for those who feel like there's no hope or no light or they're not even sure about this whole spirit source thing, like what, how do you be with people when they're going through, you know, I had another guest on talk about the dark night of the soul. Like how, how do we access the ladder to move from that? Um, I think <clears throat> that, for me that depends on so many different things because everybody's different. So if I'm working with somebody, I wouldn't prescribe any particular way of working. I'd listen to where that person is, feel where they are um, and work from there. And um, I think we lose our ground so quickly when we're frightened. We lose our ground when the, the mechanisms that appear to be our safety nets suddenly have giant holes in them and fall through. When we watch the media too much, we get given certain amounts of things which can be really, really disturbing and not the whole picture, part of the picture. So one of the things I've noticed is that um, in my own choosing to be aware on the periphery of what's going on, to be aware of what's going on in the places that aren't obvious, because both of those sides are valid, but to choose what I'm feeding into my brain. So if I'm feeling scared or anxious, it's really not going to help me to sit and watch the news and then blow that out of proportion before I go to bed. Right. Um, and the, <clears throat> I think it's really important that this thing about grounding and presence, it's like it's a very known word, you know, let's get grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know about that. But one of the things that's so important is to spend time in nature because nature shifts your energy. And also, the more present we are, the more we can in, in experience a beautiful moment, despite the bombs that are going off all around us. It's like when we get taken into all of those bombs, there's nothing but bombs. But when you actually take yourself aware of the bombs into nature and you spend half an hour feeling a leaf, feeling the earth, smelling the atmosphere, um, touching a bit of dew on your face, seeing a new spider web in the morning, the light piercing the trees, um, the animals speaking in the way that they do. You stop aligning yourself with the bombs for a moment. That brings you back to your heart, a bit like a spirit song. And and then you start to cohere. And then your brain isn't going, <gasps> you're going like, ah. Oh. And those moments are really precious to build upon and to do that you know often take yourself to the places that bring you peace but if you are in a state already and you're feeling disconnected and you're feeling lost the basic things like breath breathing yourself back into your present moment connecting with somebody whether that's a phone call whether that's a hug whether that's a text whether it's an email 
allowing yourself to remember that whatever you think is only part of who you are. And you, you will, we will all have a magic cave somewhere within us. So you might want to travel into your heart and invite a beautiful golden door and ask to be taken through into the beautiful place that is your spirit and just sit there for a few moments and allow yourself to see the treasure that's there because you might have a trouble seeing it, but it's still there. And then as you get more adept at that in your own way, that treasure will appear a metaphor is a beautiful, amazing, magic thing. When you're feeling difficult, ask yourself how you feel. What would it look like if it were a picture for a five-year-old child? And that gives you a little doorway. You can play and explore. But I think, yeah, the self-care is so important. And sometimes that's very, very hard to do when you're frightened and ungrounded. So coming back in gently and connecting in some way finding what soothes me what what is it that makes me feel a little bit safer while you build into your world into your life some strategies that you can then start to create from again i don't know if that makes sense oh my god it's blowing my mind over here you just said so many wonderful things i mean i want to go into some of that so this idea of this of uh would you call it a secret cave or a sacred cave or yeah i call it the cave the cave of the sacred heart the cave of the sacred heart. So it also gives me the uh, symbol of the secret garden Absolutely. and this like, so you said, and I think this is really important for everyone to hear. If you ever go through any sort of depression or just dark times, right? Um, you said you are not, your thoughts are only a percentage of who you are. And I think that's such a powerful thing to really sit with for a second. Like, it's so easy to believe our thoughts about everything. And what I'm hearing from you again and again is there's there's like the mind, there's thoughts, but there's also this, in, there's an embodied sense and there's the heart, right? And there's this whole mysterious inner world that we can explore and maybe even like part of why nature is so powerful is because it, it's like an externalized representation of that you know we can go find the secret caverns out there in nature we can go find the the little spot of the woods that no one else has been to and and it, it sort of shows us that there is mystery but even within ourself this idea that there is um gems and jewels and secret spaces no matter what we think about ourselves, what we what we think about ourselves, it's still just a sliver of what's actually there and through breath through presence and through um you know time in nature uh we can access those parts and 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 i liked how you you're talking about building into ourselves, almost like building a foundation or, or buttress like creating us a, a an environment that's safe and secure for us as we deal with life. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And I think that's the thing, you know, when structures around us are falling down or they're not integral to our own heart's comfort, then we forget that actually I'm in charge of me. I'm my, I'm my own magician. I'm my own medicine. If I don't give my power away all the time, what would I like to create in here that makes makes this a lovely place to come back to when I'm feeling freak, freaked out? And again, you know, in a very simple way, if you rub your hands together really fast and you start to feel that heat, whose heat is it? 
You know, if you're if you're feeling like separated out and you're not really connected, do rub your palms together really fast, faster, 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 because that's a little bit of your inner fire there. Your energy is building that heat and that warmth. Nobody else's. And then if you place that hand just gently over the bottom of your um if you draw, um, draw your finger down from your chin, just down your throat area, just where that bony bit is, there's a little dip and it's quite a soft, gentle place. It's quite a vulnerable place. If you place that palm that's really warm over that really gently and then you place your other hand over the top of that hand and you close your eyes and you just go inside and you feel that warmth on that place and welcome yourself in that moment. It's something you can do anywhere, even when you're on the toilet. And it's like you can just take take a few breaths there and then let that heat drop down. And that might be enough. But if you want to, place your hands on your belly and think about, oh, where's my inner fire? What's my inner fire doing, my sacred fire? And imagine a little fire in there. And see, your fire might be very, very strong. It might be like furiously strong, in which case you want to just tend to it gently. It might be that it's feeling really tired and it's like needing a little bit of nurture or stoking. Or it might be that it's gone out and you need to relight it again. We forget. If a fire goes out, we can relight it. So that's another whole journey. But to work with those visions and create from that, and may, I don't know, maybe I just had an idea, maybe at some point Kaylee and I could do a journey around some of those things to help people anchor them and experience them. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that too. I love the I love the different wisdom traditions and how they all have different overlays, different maps of the energetic body. And I love where those intersect and where they differ. And you know, we have the chakra system of the of the Vedas. We have um the Dantians and the and the the Taoist systems of these sort of like satellites over the different meridian points, uh, and and any system, any wisdom tradition has some sort of map for that. You know the nine gates, all this stuff, and I think that the the voice. You know when I just I just did that exercise as you were sharing it. And the throat chakra, the fifth chakra, oh, I love your hat. The fifth chakra um, is so important. Our voice, for me, for this podcast, for Be On Air, for Podcast Farm, my goal, my mission has been to amplify the voices of those who I feel are creating something gorgeous and beautiful in the world. And so many of us come up against imposter syndrome, against I don't like the sound of my voice, against I don't know what to say. And I feel like this this energetic work is actually a huge piece of the puzzle of building that loving relationship with our own body, with our own voice, our own vocal cords. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on, on cultivating our voice and cultivating that, that message. Uh, because I think it's, it's one thing to say, okay, I have medicine, I have gifts, and it's another thing to go out and share those and how do we access that how do we really access our voice to share the medicine that we know we have to give mm. again i think that's a, that's one a massive question and two varies so much with different people as to where the blocks in that vocal expression live um and so that's something that is 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 easy to work with and find out and then go from there but on a on a general level just one of the things that's really really helpful is i'm sure everybody remembers humming as a kid like mm, and if you move your lips around you can feel that buzz and that vibration at varying degrees 
a humming is a is a beautiful soothing way of actually shifting your vibration um very easily and you can do it so quietly you know you could do it on a tube you could do it on a bus and no one will know you're even doing it but you're actually speaking to all the cells in your body we're full of water and water has its own intelligence and when we put that vibration with an intention which is like you know why do you want to do that how do you want to feel um make your intention and then do that humming with the idea perhaps of sending it through all the water through all the cells you can imagine use your imagination if you if you if you're visual you can use all the other qualities you've got because we're not all visual we all have different ways of doing it perceiving it and that's nothing's wrong it's all right it just what's your particular way but you can send that hum through your body and see those little cells light up maybe they've got smiley faces and they get really fat with light and then they nudge each other and they get fat with light and it spreads spreads through your body and you might just imagine well, what sound does it feel like now after I've been humming, how do I feel? What would that be like in a hum? Would it be a mmm or would it be a mmm? And as you move and play around by just changing the tone of that hum, your sacred sound, you'll notice different things, feel different things. So you could use that as a place to explore and also bring yourself into a grounded place. Mm, I love that. That This is actually just for everyone listening. Um for instance, kidney stones, there's a ton of new uh, research and, and, and protocols and things. You can, you can actually destroy kidney stones using ultra-low frequency. And so sound is no joke. Our body is made of water. Water is a really powerful medium. It holds memory in a, in a specific way. It creates like a crystalline memory structure. Uh, and since we're mainly water, you know, it can... Sometimes people hearing this stuff can can think it's like woo or far out, but the truth of the matter is sound. Everything is sound. Everything is frequency. Quantum physics, sh- you know, shares this exploration and discovery. And there is something extremely powerful about toning and about humming and frequencies. And so I love that you shared that. And you are an incredible artist, incredible singer. You use your voice so powerfully. I thought maybe you could share a little bit about the new single that's out and what's upcoming for you. Where can people tune in to hear you, to hear more of your work? And I know Burning Woman's coming up. Maybe you could share a little bit about what's uh, what's coming up soon for you so my audience can connect with you. Um, thank you, Kaylee. Um, what's coming up next? Um, the song is called Thank You For My Life, Great Spirit, which... Um, it's also a song with you if you um, have an intention when you listen to it it's powerful there's a transmission that comes through a lot of what I do beyond what you see and hear face to face and that song carries a transmission a healing transmission so you'll, you'll experience it for yourself in your own way but if you make an intention when you listen to it that would be great and also with a sense of gratitude like what are you grateful for you know we forget to say or honor the fact that there isn't much to be grateful for. So the song is really about gratitude as well, gratitude for my life, but also anybody else that's listening will probably connect in with that gratitude. The fact that we are all phoenixes rising, we are all pearls from the wreckage of life, um, and actually out of that is coming magic. The song at the moment is on Bandcamp, and you can find it on Jenny Lynn Sessions, that's Jenny... 
Are you going to put this up anywhere? Okay. Yeah. So for those listening, just cl- go to the show notes of wherever you're listening. Click the link. I'll make sure to put a direct link to her Bandcamp and website so you can you can get the download. And I know that it's also going to be out on all platforms. When again? Um, I think it's going to be about three or four weeks. Perfect. So by you know right now it's October twentieth. So by November, by the end of November, you if you're listening to this in November twenty twenty one, you can catch this amazing song. I love it. It is extremely powerful. Um, and uh, you can also find more of Jenny's work on her website. And the web the website's in progress at the moment, so it'll be changing around quite a lot. But um, there's a um, what's it called? Uh, the Burning Woman Online Festival is coming up. That's um, uh, There's a link on my website, and maybe Kaylee will put it up. And that's uh, the 20, I think it's the 20th, 21st of November. No, of October, sorry. Or is it November? And what is that event? I've forgotten. Um, Burning Woman is a, is a, um, it's a, a women's um, event, and it's it, we had two online ones and one live one this summer, which was amazing. Um, and you know, it's, 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 it's for women, um, only that one, um, what's the word I want? Um, this woman's on fire was one of the workshops I did for it last in the summer. And it's really about looking at, you know, the fire within again, you know, where is our power? How can we shine? How can we help other people to shine? It's a great, um, it's a great group of people. It's run by a lovely lady who is um, heartfelt and um, integral. And I think it's definitely worth checking it out. See how you feel. It's it's free the two days. I'm um, not doing a workshop this year. I'm hosting it, talking about the book, and um, maybe the song will be there. I don't know. And when will your book be out? Um, that should be by the end of November, um, which has been written with four other people. And it's talking about basically turning trauma to treasure, really. So it's for people who've had very different, wow. very seriously traumatic events occur and kind of how we've woven that and turned that into something um, of benefit to all. Um, wow, this, the end of the 2021 is your year. Uh, there's so much coming, come birthing right now. You have this song and you're doing so many more events and your website's coming up and then you have this book coming out and that's just so exciting. And there's one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's coming up? Um, there's a workshop which starts, I think it's on the second. And again, maybe um, you'd be willing to put it up of November, which is one session, the first session of three sessions that I'm um, doing um, with Leo Rutherford, who is a, a well-known shamanic face um, around the world, and it's called the Shaman's Song. Uh, so you might want to pop in there and and have a have a come and join us for some fun for for three sessions. They'll be probably about two weeks apart, and um, there'll be a lot more things coming. I'm looking for um, someone to help me as a PA person. Um, and a co-creator so um, because I'm not good with social media stuff I'm a visionary um, things will be a lot different when those when that's in in play shall we say um, with lots more things coming and ideas but for now um, thank you all for being here and and Kaylee for hosting me and for whatever positive ripple effect we might have kicked off it's such a joy to have you and I want to remind the audience that 
that you do work with people one-on-one, you are a counselor, you, you, you're a transpersonal therapist, you can help people process things and, and unlock the medicine within and, and turn their trauma into treasure as well. And so people can reach out to you through your website. I'll put all those links there. Uh, it's been so wonderful having you. I always love talking to you. you always bring joy to my day whenever we get a moment to connect. And um, thank you so much for making time and sharing your medicine with my audience. One more thing. Just yeah. Do you mind? Um, it was just to say that um, the, my connection with animals is so incredibly important and and profound. And working with people and their animals, uh, as well as the animals, uh, my dog died recently, and um, it, it's been an extraordinary journey, um, which has been a lot about how do we stay present out of our own emotional trauma to be able to hear an animal or a person's needs and timings and frequencies because we get we overlay don't we when we lose the sense of ourselves we've lost our inner witness we start to dump and project and that's on people and animals so i have a great love of working with people um, and animals or people and their animals um, around many different things because we can learn so much and or maybe it's about helping a really special ending occur when that has to be or moving a block in you so your animal can breathe because they tend to take our stuff an awful lot and need us to be aware of that and help them too so i just wanted to put that in because the animal kingdom is such a profoundly beautiful thing um and the plant kingdom and and it's part of the weave i love that thank you for sharing that i think it's um again everyone's kind of if I, I never understood the importance of emotional support animals until probably the last two years, how just how that connection with a with another being can be so profound. So I love that. Definitely hit up Jenny. If you uh, have an animal friend, want an animal friend, grieving the loss of one, going to be grieving the loss of one. She has so many tools and obviously so much wisdom around this. So thank you again for your time. I would love to have you back on the show in the future. And um, yeah, we'll catch each other soon, I'm sure. I'm going to just say thank you so much, Kaylee, because you're a wonderful person to have as a as an interviewer and your your own wisdom and depth of soul and kindness of heart um, actually reverberates all the way from where you are to where I am, which is a hell of a long way. Um, through a piece of glass in a way that I'm deeply grateful for and and I I feel great love for you and I really hope that I'm going to make you a big cup of coffee and a nice meal one day on your side or my side and uh, the the last message my dog left when she was um, passing because I asked what that was and had a very profound answer was let love be your guiding star and there's plenty more to say on that but for now I just leave that with you all because when we're in our heart and our mind is holding the space not controlling it things start to flow and our medicine starts to breathe and we start to be inspired and move along the river of inspiration instead of desperation and beautiful flowers come up and magic happens and you start to see who you really are so please hold that in your heart if it makes any sense to you let love be your guiding star and thank you for your life sending you all my love jenny talk to you soon we have this rare opportunity right now There has never been a time like this before where we've been able to so easily share our voices with the world. And the planet is going through an enormous struggle and an enormous transformation right now. It's my belief that the best way forward is for each of us to find our purpose, to share our passions, and to communicate with each other. 
so that we can amplify what we love, who we love, and those voices that need to be elevated, we turn up the volume. This isn't just another course. This is a community that will take you to the next level. You'll be guided to launch your own podcast and distribute it so that the entire world can hear it. This isn't just launching a podcast, my friends. This is about using the power of your voice to amplify what you love.